Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Muscle podcast. I am your host, Matt Cooney, and today is season two, episode four. I'm probably going to have to stop saying the episodes because I'm going to get confused sometime. But today I'm all on my own. Nobody nobody else will talk to me today. So I'm going to have to, you're going to, you're stuck with me for the next, I would estimate 20 to 30 minutes. And today we're going to get into a topic that is really popular online. It's essentially two words. That's a calorie deficit. Um, yeah, you've probably heard it before, but the goal of this podcast is to take certain topics and go into them in a little bit more depth to give you some more context, because especially with social media and the whole calorie deficit, it's everywhere now. And it's a term, it's just thrown out there. And I believe a lot of the time, not that it's wrong, but when it's just thrown out there with no context, it doesn't really serve a purpose, you know? Um, you see it all the time. It's just a calorie deficit. Create a calorie deficit. Oh yeah, no, it's just, just a calorie calorie deficit. But is it? And the way I put it is like, for a lot of people, it's kind of like me saying, I want to learn Chinese. And then somebody saying to me, oh yeah, you just need to go take Chinese lessons. I'm like, thanks but now i'm no closer to actually knowing chinese and it's the same thing with a calorie deficit without any actual context and education and more in depth behind it it's not really going to actually do anything you know it's not going to create the actual changes needed so with this i suppose the person that springs to mind and probably does for you as well is james smith and I have utmost respect for James, and I believe what he's doing is very, very beneficial for the industry. And the thing is here, I kind of believe my opinion, he's a bit different than everybody else because James Smith is going up against the rest of the fitness industry and the big titans in terms of your Herbalife, uh, all the fit tees, all, all those big, huge companies and Ponzi schemes, whatever it is. And, and he, what he's trying to do is grab attention, you know? So he's essentially going up against the giants of the industry and trying to put out that message and create awareness around it and basically call it a lot of bullshit, which I believe is, is good, you know? And it's, it's a really good first step. And compared to five to 10 years ago, there's so much more, awareness around these things and i suppose in in a way it's not even the calorie deficit it's just calling bullshit and all the other stuff that is out there uh funny actually james smith we were years ago I, he was actually one person that there was two people that i um predicted to basically blow up james smith and jeff nippard we were in phil learning's advanced coaching academy and i still remember this five could be no more about seven years ago it was about a year before he kind of blew up and I remember he put in a post into the academy like forum type of thing it was back then and it was like um does anybody know how to use canva and make those infographics and I don't think anybody because nobody was really posting on that forum and I don't think anybody replied or maybe I didn't see them um and I'm like, geez, I should have should have replied now because I was using Canva uh, and I knew how to. Well, I didn't. I knew how to make an infographic. It wasn't good, 
But um, yeah, so then after that, he started doing the lives uh, where back back in the day, I think they were like out in his balcony. And that's where I first started kind of listening to him. I was like, yeah, he's this is going to this is going to take over. There's something good in this. He just had that kind of uh, character and charisma. So, yeah, funny enough, I predicted him. And then he what? Well, in fairness, I don't think anybody could have predicted how big he, he would have got. Uh, same with Jeff Nippard on YouTube. I, I've subscribed to him at about 2,000, 3,000 followers. And I was like, yeah, this guy's this guy is really good. It's, he's he's onto something here. And I think he has like 3 million or something now. Um, so, yeah, I sh- maybe I should have done that with myself. <laughs> but anyway, back to the story. So what, what James is doing is he's trying to create awareness. And I, I kind of put it like, for the fitness industry, he's like that first line of defense against all that BS and all those big, huge companies who are really just focused on profit and selling. They don't actually have morals or value and the stuff actually doesn't work. So what, what I think is needed is behind him is that second line of defense is where, you know, I, I'll do it. The likes of myself and that need to come in to then educate. So what James is doing is bringing people away from this BS, all the BS out there, like telling them about what a calorie deficit, that's that's what, what it is in terms of fat loss. Um, but then I think we need to do a better job of coming in then and saying, okay, that's what it is. And like, you know, especially with social media and even for James, like, he can't go in depth into things. He he's just trying to grab your attention. Like if you look at his all his content, it's it's entertainment. And you know how many how many videos has he made about a calorie deficit? Like it's actually very kudos to him for being able to do put the same message out there in probably thousands of different ways and different reels, stories, whatever way he's done it. You know, um, it's it takes it takes a lot of effort, I'd say, and imagination to continue to put the same message out in so many different ways but the thing is you know like he hasn't solved obesity in that 60 second reel of just telling people oh yeah just it's calorie deficit you just need to eat eat less calories move more you know that hasn't actually created the solution and the long-term changes it has created a little bit more more of an awareness and i think Full disclosure, I haven't read any of his books, but I think in, even in his second book, it's like not life coach or something. Um, he does talk more about the kind of difficulties with dieting, fat loss, and you know, knowing that it's, it is not just as simple as oh yeah, just eat less and move more. Because if it was, I don't think I, I don't think I'd have a job anyway, and he he probably definitely wouldn't uh, either. So. Yeah, this is, it's just creating awareness around it. And I suppose something that you see that gets thrown out there and like with social media, again, you can only say so much in 30 or 60 seconds. So you you need to make it as simple as possible. And, you know, there's always this saying, and this is something I actually posted a while ago that I was wrong about. And I used to always say it was like, fat loss is simple, but it's not easy. It's actually not simple. We try to make it simple and, you know, we try to bring it down to its sim- simplest form of it's just eating, eating less calories than you burn. It's just calories in, calories out. Um, and 
it's that's not wrong that's not bad information but it's limited and it's only kind of surface level you're not actually peeling back the layers and going kind of in underneath that to to look at actually what is it really and this is the the dangers i believe of this is when it's just thrown out there with no context you it can actually make the person feel kind of stupid and nearly feel like a failure because what happens is all that's thrown out is just calorie deficit you just need to eat, eat less move more and then people are doing it or trying to do it and they're struggling to achieve it and then what what happens then is they kind of turn on themselves and they're like i can't do it it's so simple like eat less move more but why why do i struggle so much and then what can happen is people then start to think they're the problem it's like and this is where that negative self-talk and uh, especially with social media comparison all this stuff nowadays it's very easy to start thinking okay you're the problem maybe it's um you know i just can't do it i'm a failure i'm i'm always going to be fat all these stories we tell ourselves and i always put it like there's the stuff we say to ourselves we, we were probably you know you'd never say that to to your best friend would you but we we do um and that's that's a real big danger for people and i think the next one then is uneducated advice where you find people who know a little bit and have a little bit of knowledge and maybe it works for them you know like when we look at coaches nowadays what happens how do does most coaches come about uh they they do they do a dieting phase for themselves or they hire a coach for 12 weeks and then they go and become a coach and teach it to everybody else and you know this is where just because something worked for them they kind of think it's easy and they think oh yeah this is the way this is the way to do it and they try they want what happens then is you really as as a, a lot of coaches find out when you try and just replicate what you've done with a lot of other people you see that it doesn't work the same way <laughs> because everybody is completely different and there's so many different factors that go into getting those results out or you know creating fat loss or sustainable fat loss in the long term for people and this is the big thing you know when we talk about it's just a calorie deficit that's what it is but how to actually achieve it is a whole another ball game you know it's very easy to create a calorie deficit it's very easy to eat less and move more in a very in the short term it's quite hard to adhere to it for long enough to actually see the results that you want and it's really when when we break it down even like oh yeah just eat less that's not that it's not as simple as that like we we can see even from research and uh humans like we're terrible at estimating our calories like so bad <laughs> and there's so many studies to to see this um that kind of back this up i remember there was one study with took a group of people who swore blindly they were eating 1200 calories and could not lose weight they fed them all exactly 1200 calories and the results was 100% of the people who had swore blindly they they couldn't lose weight at 12 1200 calories all lost lost weight so what does that tell you tells you that that yeah they probably weren't eating 1200 calories even though they thought they were 
Um, and I've seen this myself. I, I'd say it's gone into the hundreds now of clients who would start with us that will say something like, I'm eating 1600 calories, just can't lose weight, really struggling. And we start them on like 1750 after them saying they're eating 600, can't lose weight. We start them on 1750 and weight falls off them. And obviously this is my magic trick. So and my secrets that you can only find out if you work with me, <laughs> but no, uh, in, I, w- I wish, I wish there was, I wish I had that secret sauce, but the reality was they weren't eating 1600 calories. And now when they start to actually eat 1750 consistently, they're in a calorie deficit. Whereas before they may think they were, or they might be eating 1600 for three or four days. And then they're, they're not, they're not including the rest of the days or they're not including everything, everything in that 1600 and more, what happens then is their actual average is way higher. So then when we actually get them to be consistent on a higher intake, they're in a deficit. Um, And yeah, honestly, that's happened hundreds of times. So the next one as well is just discrepancies in in being accurate. So like we said, we're terrible at estimating calories. And it's also very hard to be accurate, you know, even when you track calories on my fitness pal, when you scan the barcodes, the barcodes can be 20% off uh, by, by law, I'm pretty sure. There can be so many other little discrepancies when it comes to calculating calories, portion sizes, serving sizes, then you have things like snacking, picking, all that stuff. And I think one re- one big reason why food and your calories are so hard compared to everything else is it's a 24 seven job. It's not, there is no on and off. And they've actually shown this in, in studies as well, like 24 hour recall. So if, if I was to ask you to recall everything, every little thing you ate and drank yesterday, there's a highly like likelihood that you will miss something and you will get it. You won't you won't be right. You won't be accurate. Um, I've actually tested this on myself a few times with Eve as well. So there's two of us and she's caught me out each time. And I would be someone that has a high level of knowledge and experience and I eat quite similar and I still got it wrong. <laughs> you know, so this is where even me as an experienced person can be wrong and is wrong you can imagine how Mary, who has just been pulled in off the street or has years of, um, you know, following fad diets and all this stuff, and then just gets told, yeah, it's calorie deficit, track your calories. You can imagine how far she's going to be off. And then that's where, you know, more context is. And then she's going to feel like a failure when realistically, you know, one is you probably are going to fail to something. You're never going to be perfect. And that's why I always say consistency beats perfection. Because even if you're consistently wrong, at least it's consistent and you can adjust from there. Um, and, and two is like, it's just a lot more difficult than, than we imagine, you know, than we make out. And that, that's where, again, if, if even with that recall, like the difference between training, you know, it's very easy to know, did you train two or three days last week? It's like, you know, if, if you think it by tell you how much training did you do last week when you think back 
you will like you're most likely going to remember unless you just blacked out for the week but yeah you know you'll know oh yeah i did three days in the gym but it's very very hard to know 24 hours of the the day every day so 168 hours in a week is it how much you everything you did and consumed um and even without getting into the psychological part of it um even the way our memory and our brain works we literally there's I don't know if it's an actual real thing, but I've heard it called this in calorie amnesia, where we literally forget that we've eaten something. And when you look at habits, and most things we do are habitual. Eating is a really habitual part of that. Because again, we eat every day. Like if we don't, we die. <laughs> and a lot of time we do that mindlessly. We don't even know that we're, we're doing it. And then another thing that I see, which makes sense is people that even when you're highly stressed, especially when, especially when highly stressed, a lot of people don't remember or forget about what, what they consume. And it's, again, it, it makes logical sense because when you're really stressed, you have all these things that you're thinking about. Food probably isn't high on that list. So then when you actually, you just don't remember because you're, you're focused on other things, even trying to think back then, you know, it, it becomes a lot harder and it's very easy to forget things. And I actually had this, especially when it comes to calorie deficit, when I started out coaching and, and, you know, you have people check in that are like, yeah, I'm at here. I'm a hundred percent. I'm sticking to everything. I, I actually started to doubt the, uh, the whole calorie deficit concept for ages. And I, I spent a long time looking up different things. I'm like, there must be something else. Like, why are these people, they're sticking to their calories, but they're not losing weight or they're not, yeah, yeah, they're not seeing the fat loss that they should when I've done everything correctly. And I, I was like looking, I was looking for the answer that wasn't there. The whole thing is people just don't know that they're actually not in a calorie deficit because it's very hard to, to achieve that. And there's so many different things and to be taken into consideration and even with that like the whole thing is oh yeah eat less move more expenditure like moving more we tend to overestimate how much we move as well and then you also have the added fact that as you diet your body can become more efficient so you burn less energy so you, you may think you're moving more but as especially the longer you diet and, and the longer the diet goes on your body will use less energy. So it will burn less calories to do that same amount of movement, which again is another spanner in the works. And it's why as well with people and a calorie deficit, a lot of time they're like, we, we look at ourselves as robotic and just numbers. Like what, what number do I need to eat? That's it. Once I eat that, I'm in deficit, all is good. And that will be like that forever. But we have to understand we're adaptable machines that, no, we're not machines, sorry. We're adaptable humans that is constantly in this state of flux. So things are constantly changing and we're constantly adapting to our external environment, you know. So it's never just a, a machine that we can just plot in these numbers and that's going to be it. So that's another factor thrown in. So you can see, hopefully, as we're going through this, it, it is not that simple. So just to run through, I don't want to go into these all these too deep because 
we will be here forever and I'll get I'll get put down a rabbit hole that I won't ever come out of. Um, but different factors that maybe will influence your ability to stick to a calorie deficit. So there what we went through is knowing that eating less and moving more, not really that simple. And now we're going to look at all these other factors in our lives that may influence our ability to actually be able to stick to a calorie deficit. So your environment is huge. Again, we live in the we don't live in the, the Stone Age anymore or the back back in the day where it was all hunting hunting and gathering, you know, where we didn't know where our, our next meal was coming from. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. Nowadays we can just literally click a button and get food brought to us at any any time. And also our environment nowadays, you know, the access how easy it is to access highly palatable food, how easy it is to not move anymore. We can, we don't even have to, you barely have to walk to the, to your front door to actually open it for people to, for them to deliver you food. So yeah, your environment has a huge impact on your, your food choices, your diet in general. And it's something I think a lot of people don't, notice or don't don't appreciate and you know it's the same thing if you're walking past a donut shop every single day you know versus someone who doesn't walk past a donut shop if you had to put money on somebody to eat a donut which one are you going to put it on and why is that because he's it's in his environment every single day he's been exposed to it over and over again and those smells and those tastes and the look and everything I'm just thinking of Krispy Kremes now. <laughs> but yeah, you can see why that guy might actually eat a donut compared to the other guy who's out in the forest who has to hunt hunt or eat wild berries for food. So your food choices then will have a big impact on your ability to stick to a diet. And this is where people get caught up just on thinking about calories. It's all, oh yeah, just, it's just calorie deficit. I just need to eat this many calories. But the actual foods that you eat have a huge impact on things like your hunger, your energy, your cravings, um, which will then make, make it either harder or easier to adhere to that amount of calories, you know? And this is where I think that if it fits your macros crowd and just eating whatever you want, once it's within your calories, it's very, very short-sighted when it comes to, like, will it work in terms of can you lose body fat doing it? Yes. But can you keep it off in the long term? I would argue no that you're kind of working against. There's enough things already in, in life that are working against you in terms of long-term weight management that making food choices like that is, is probably not going to help. Another thing that we have to look at is actually your beliefs around food and beliefs around yourself, because that can hugely influence it. So what I mean by this is some people have a, a belief that they're, they're fat. They do like, you know, and that's just their belief. So whatever they do, they're probably going to prove themselves right. You know, and this is where to get into it too much but like you know people's childhood people's experiences um you know if you're a kid in school and you've always you've you actually identify as that it's very hard to get out of it you know especially if you're not really aware and that's that could be a driving force in your 
food choices and what you the way you see yourself the way you see your diet and actually can drive those behaviors that lead to you staying overweight and there's so many beliefs around around food as well but when it comes to like good or bad having that rigid flexible mindset towards food there's so many different things we could talk about but just understanding that yeah your beliefs about yourself and beliefs about food will definitely influence your ability um, to stick to a calorie deficit activity levels is a huge one we kind of touched on that there where, where people um tend to overestimate how much they move also like your activity levels have a huge impact on your regulating your appetite and your energy which again is going to have a big impact on your food choices and then also on the the flip side of it so we have calories in versus calories out so calories in is the food choices the energy you're consuming calories out is your activity level so that's a big factor in your calorie deficit because it's again it's not just how much calories you take in it's how much calories you take in against how much you are burning so for example you know somebody who's doing 2000 steps versus someone who's doing 15000 there's going to be and say if you're both eating 1700 calories per day the person who's doing the higher step account is going to be burning a lot more energy you know so that's you have to take in both sides of those equation um so the next one that i have here that again is hugely important is sleep it's some probably one of the most underrated tools when it comes to your overall health and fat loss goals and um, so we know when you're sleep deprived basically life is crap <laughs> anyone anyone with very young kids who who don't get that much sleep for two or three nights in a row uh you can probably um testify to this or if you work night shifts but in general yeah we tend to eat two to three hundred more calories when we're sleep deprived and they don't come from broccoli they're going to come from those most likely come from those highly palatable foods again we tend to crave that more sugary sugary type foods um when we are sleep deprived and your body basically does not work as efficiently compared to when you are getting full night's sleep and that kind of goes hand in hand with stress as well so stress has a big impact a lot of people will definitely like i mentioned before about essentially stress eating um a lot of people again are emotional eaters and stress is part of that so that will have a huge impact on your ability to add adhere to a diet and there's also like going down deep deeper levels like stress is a very kind of complex topic and it has many different ways it can affect your your quote-unquote calorie deficit so digestion is the next one that we need to be mindful of as well your ability to actually digest food um will have a huge huge impact then your habits we talk about that about habitual eating most people again i think 40 50 percent of what we do each day is habitual so it's essentially automatic we're not really aware that we're doing it and our food decisions um can be in that as well and it's also tied in. the the all these variables are kind of tied in with each other as well because again your environment may trigger a habit you know uh, a lot of people 
cup of tea and a biscuit that goes with it. That's that's a habit. It's not, um, you know, you can have tea without a biscuit or you can have a biscuit without a tea, but it's just habitual for a lot of people. And that's what they do. Your emotions. Uh, again, I mentioned with stress, emotional eating, people tend to use, fo use food um, to eat their emotions but all oh, it could be good or bad as well what do we do when we're happy we go out to eat to celebrate what do we do when we're sad we use comfort food to commiserate ourselves uh, when you're stressed you you tend to eat so we tend to every single emotion can be tied to a different eating pattern or behavior which again food has calories so it, it will make a difference the timing of your meals um, can affect how you eat a lot of people we see over consuming in the in the evening so snacking on food in the evening um or too much what a big reason for that a lot of the time is they don't eat enough during the day um it's not the only reason there's tons of others but that's a that's a common one i see and again so they're not they're skipping meals during the day or they're leaving themselves go too long getting too hungry also they're getting fatigued from you know the, the day the day's stresses and things going on whether it's work family even training, whatever it is, and then they're getting to the, the evening time, and then they they want to all they want to do is uh, raid the presses. So training, training your own training is going to impact your ability as well to stick to a diet. This can be positive or negative. So if you're doing too much training or too much overall volume that you can't recover from, it's going to increase your hunger then because your body will want those nutrients and want that food to actually recover whereas doing too little then sometimes not doing any training can dysregulate your appetite dysregulate your mood which again will affect your decisions with food so i don't know how many that is that we just went through in a few minutes i think we went through 11 or 12 different things and that's kind of me there just off the top of my head not even going in depth in any of those any of those um different factors you know so that's and we didn't even kind of again we've gone below the surface of just the calorie deficit but we actually haven't peeled back the other layers of starting to go into the metabolism and how that actually adapts to a calorie deficit and then we can look at the hormonal changes in the body as you diet which then have an impact on all a lot of those variables that we mentioned and like they're probably podcasts in themselves <laughs> so yeah that's kind of a brief brief overview and summary i hope that it made sense to you and you know if you are someone maybe that has struggled with dieting in the past hopefully you can see now it's it's not that simple there is a reason why and i think you know if i could sum this up in a few key points so knowing that fat loss and dieting it's a learned skill so that that saying fat loss is simple, but it's not easy. It's it's not simple at all. It's definitely not easy. It's hard work, but it's actually quite like the human body is very, very complex. And definitely something that I've noticed is the more that I study and the more that I learn, uh, or the more than I know, the more that I realize that I don't know. <laughs> and it just gets worse and worse. It's like that, yeah, rabbit hole that you go down, just it you're like well, you get to a point where. You're nearly like, why did I start? <laughs> so that's the first key takeaway from this podcast. The, the second one is just 
understanding that there is a lot more to it. No, no matter this, if you're a coach with clients, um, you, you can learn it the hard way like I did. Or if you're just a, a normal everyday person that has an interest in it, understand it, it's not as easy as a calorie deficit. It's not just, yeah, move more, eat less. And, you know, even for myself, I, I remember getting to, I think it was a few years into this kind of journey and uh, learning about things. And I, I started to understand the, it was, it was Dr. Eric Helms who created the muscle and the nutrition, I can't remember now, the nutrition and muscle and strength pyramids. I'm sure there are two separate ones anyway. One for nutrition, it's a pyramid. One for training, it's a pyramid. can't believe that. I, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's actually been made into a book. It was a YouTube series first. I was searching for answers for years, you know, getting bits of information, never really was understanding it fully and this was the first time this nutrition pyramid where eric kind of broke it down into levels and i started to understand energy balance calories and calorie deficit macros and things and i i like i remember being like i have it sussed it's it's done i know i i found the formula i know how to get the results i'm <laughs> i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna be a billionaire here i have the i have it and then what happened is the more as i coach people i'm like okay why are why is it still hard? Like, why is it not working for some people? Why, why are they not getting the results? It's, it's there. It's black and white. Um, and you fall into that trap of thinking you know it all. And then the, the more I went down, the more I learned. Again, you start to realize these things and realize why it is so um, difficult. So that's, that's the next kind of key point, just understanding there's a lot more to it. Number three is knowing that there's so many psychological and physiological considerations to look at when it comes to apply well not just creating adhering to a calorie deficit or fat loss diet for a long long enough period to actually see the results you want and again we touched on 10 to 12 factors there that you know there's probably if you give me a few minutes there's probably another 10 or 12 we could touch on so it's important just to understand and all these will influence your ability to to stick to a calorie deficit. Um, and the last one is principles don't change, people do. And that's the thing. The principles are right. It's, I'm not saying eat less, move more is wrong. No, the principles of a calorie deficit, what it is, that's not going to change. And, you know, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good because if it did keep changing, we just wouldn't know what to do. Uh, but the principles don't change, but people do. We are all different. Every time you diet, it will be different. You're going to be in a different circumstance, a different stage of your life. You're going to have different barriers, different factors. You know, you might have been in a different environment, different job, relationships. All there's so many different factors to take into consideration. But so it's important to remember principles don't change, but people do. And so what we want to do is apply the principles at all times, but be mindful of the changes to you as a person and how that can influence the principles. So guys, that's really it for today. Um, I, I will stop because I could just keep going forever about these things, but hopefully you got some value from, from this episode. And if anything, it's given you some food for thought pardon the pun. <laughs> but if you did find value in this episode, I would hugely, hugely appreciate it if you could give, give it a like, share, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Every single person and every time you, 
you do kind of share or comment um it's helping helping me get the podcast out there getting it in to the hands and ears of more people and again the goal is to just try to impact and help as many people as possible so it's hugely appreciated and yeah until the next episode we will speak to you all soon thanks guys